Welcome, welcome, welcome to the Daily Devotional at the Church of the Palms. Uh, my name's uh, Dr. Stu Broberg, and I'm one of the visitation pastors at the church. Uh, let's begin by focusing our hearts and our minds by listening to some beautiful and inspirational music. The scripture for today uh, comes from the New Testament, 1 Peter, the 5th chapter, and the 6th verse, where it states, Humble yourselves, therefore, under the mighty hand of God, and in due time uh, He will uh, exalt you. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be unto God. Let us pray. And now, great God, uh, through your Spirit, uh, come and bring your Son, the Word made flesh, and have your written Word come alive in our flesh today. All these things we ask and claim. In Jesus' name, amen. Uh, as I said, the Scripture is... Uh, Humble yourselves, therefore, under the mighty hand of God, and in due time he will exalt you. Humble yourselves, and he will lift you up. Uh, that's sort of a spiritual principle that is there that I'll be expounding. Uh, I begin with a story. Um, a couple of weeks ago, on November 25th, uh, my dear friend and colleague and spiritual mentor, uh, Dr. Morgan Roberts um, uh, recalled a story about in a 
former church that he had served in Birmingham, Michigan, of an event that happened in December, and it would, was called Christmas Hand in Hand. And Christmas Hand in Hand, the entire uh, interior of the church was set up with the sights and the sounds and the smells of Christmas. It was an awesome event, and indeed more than 11,000 people came through uh, the church uh, there in December. Uh, it required more than 300 uh, volunteers at any one time in order to run it. And I had the privilege, uh, as a young uh, pastor, I was brand new, right out of seminary, first uh, call in ministry as associate pastor to that church. And I had the <clears throat> great privilege of being able to volunteer and do lots of different things in Christmas hand in hand. My favorite thing was, uh, there was, it was called the innkeeper. And the innkeeper would, of course, invite uh, folks uh, in and would point over in one direction and would say that uh, there was this couple who had come to him and were seeking a room in the inn, but uh, alas, there was no room in the inn, so he had directed them to the stable that was sort of behind the inn, and he believed that they were there, and he thought that the folks might be interested to stop in to see what had happened. And so you, you walked around, and this was, it was set up in the church library, but it didn't feel like it was the library. They had done a marvelous job at covering everything, and, and the lighting was sort of dim and translucent and opalescent. It was just, it was quiet, and it was still, and it was a beautiful moment. And you came up to this small stable, and... Um, the thing I think that was noteworthy about the outside of it was that the door was very, very short. And the lentil on it probably came only about up to here. And now children could get in easily. Uh, and that was, that's another sermon for another day. Uh, but we adults, we adults, we had to stoop down. We had to bow down and lean over, and we had to humble ourselves in order to enter into that stable. And when you looked up, uh, there was a, a, a live Mary and a, a living Joseph and a little baby, a real live living baby, you know, wrapped in swaddling cloths and either held by Mary or lying in the manger, and it was uh, it was extraordinary. It was awesome. It was exquisite, and you you had this feeling like you really were there in Bethlehem two thousand years before, and right before you was the birth of the baby Jesus. Amazing. But for our purposes today, it's. I think it's noteworthy that the way that they had that designed was that in order to approach the Christ child, you had to bow down, uh, you had to lean over, you had to humble yourselves in order to approach and enter into the presence of the Christ child. Um, I think that's a spiritual principle. 
Um, in, uh, there's another scripture um, from uh, Philippians, the, um, the second chapter. Um, uh, Jesus uh, did not count equality with God something to be grasped, but emptied himself, humbled himself, taking the form of a servant and being born in the likeness of men, being born in the likeness of humanity. That's really the description of Christmas, isn't it? Um, And so, think about this. Jesus humbled himself to be born into the world in human form. Uh, uh, The condescension, if you will, of the Almighty stepping down from heaven in order to enter our world. But Jesus um, uh, took the form of a servant and was born in the likeness of men that we have the ability to approach him and to approach the Almighty and to be born in the image of God. That's the spiritual principle. But we can only approach him in humility and by bowing down, humble ourselves that in due time we may be exalted, we may be lifted up and into his presence. Now, I think that Christmas, in a way, um, is a, can be very frustrating. And I think it can be very frustrating because there are a lot of very high expectations for the season. Um, You know, uh, um, finding uh, the perfect and thoughtful Christmas gift, uh, decorating um, your home beautifully, uh, having uh, friends over or family for a, a perfect dinner. But there are these extraordinary extraordinarily high expectations that we bring uh, here in December and during this season. But sometimes, uh, you know, just it's not fulfilled. It doesn't come about quite in that way. And so we're disappointed, we're frustrated, maybe we're sad, uh, maybe we're even angry. And so this season of the birth of Jesus can actually have us feel many different things, frustrated, Uh, disappointed, angry, uh, many, many different things. Uh, I'll illustrate it this way. Uh, My dear sweet mother, my uh, parents passed away a couple of years ago. My dear sweet mother had a very, very high expectation uh, around Christmas. And uh, she loved the holiday. She loved everything about it. She loved poinsettias. She loved uh, the tree. She loved decorations. She loved everything about it. Uh, She would plan a couple months in advance and uh, you know she would find the perfectly thoughtful Christmas gift for people and she had taken a course on how to beautifully and professionally wrap Christmas presents so the presents were beautifully wrapped and the the meal was perfectly prepared and uh, the house was beautifully decorated so there were these very very high uh, expectations that she brought to the holiday. Well, my dad was sort of uh, not exactly the opposite, but contrary to that. Uh, He would get in the Christmas spirit 
you know, the day before Christmas. And he would uh, run out and hop in the car, drive to the shopping mall and grab anything that sort of even remotely looked appropriate and would bring it home and would, you know, slap Christmas wrapping paper on it and, you know, stick a, a bow, a, a, a pre-tied bow from Walgreens on the top of it. And that was, that was his idea of Christmas. So, it's Christmas Day. Mother is sitting uh, in, um, in the chair that she always sat in, in the wing chair, and opening her gifts. And she opens this one gift that my dad was giving her. Well, lo and behold, it was a crock pot. And she just sat there for a moment. Now, even I know it's, it's not smart to give someone something like a crock pot, right? It's not personal. It's not necessarily thoughtful. And oh, by the way, you're giving someone a gift that you'll benefit from because, you know, you'll get to eat things prepared in the crock pot. So mother sat there for a moment or two, and then she just burst out into tears. And she sort of had a... Uh, a minor Christmas meltdown uh, because, of course, what she had hoped for, what Christmas would be like, uh, you know, you might say turned into a crock pot. Well, uh, I always said uh, from that moment onward, you know, all Christmases were sort of divided into two parts. Uh, there was B.C., before crock pot, and there was A.C., after Crock-Pot. And I just sort of took it uh, as a little mission on my part that I would take Dad aside a couple months in advance of Christmas. I'd say, well, Dad, uh, what do you think about getting Mother this year? And uh, I, of course, I knew the answer. He hadn't given it any thought. And then a week later or so, I'd say, well, Dad, have you given any thought? He'd say, oh, yes. I think I'll get her some fluffy uh, Christmas slippers. Well, Mother was four foot nine, and when mother would wear fluffy Christmas slippers, she would look like a hobbit. And the, um, uh, and by the way, and I said, and by the way, Dad, you bought her those fluffy Christmas slippers last year, and it wasn't that great a gift last year. Okay. So he would eventually, he would go out and he would get appropriate gifts, and Christmas would be all right, et cetera, et cetera. All of this putting me in a mind this year. So this year, uh, I'm spending more time in Sarasota and less time up north in my other home in Pittsburgh. So over the past couple of years, I've set up the tree up north, and that's my Christmas tree with my Christmas decorations. But I had uh, moved and sent down to Florida with my parents' Christmas tree and their Christmas decorations. So this year, I set up the tree here in Sarasota, and it was decorating the Christmas tree. And of course, I don't know if you do this, but as I'm putting a particular ornament on the tree, it reminds me of something, reminds me of perhaps the Christmas where it was, you know, the gift, one of the gifts, or it puts me in a mind of, you might say, the, the ghosts of Christmas past. And uh, so I, I was, but I was in a way by setting up the tree and putting the ornaments, you know, I was trying to perhaps uh, re 
conjure uh, the Christmases of the past and the feelings and so forth. But as I'm doing this, um, uh, that didn't happen. That isn't uh, the the Christmas that the Christmas that I wanted wasn't the Christmas that I was getting, because basically it just sort of made me sad uh, to do this to put the my parents' ornaments on my parents' Christmas tree. Uh, you know, uh, there was what I wanted, but there was what I was going to get. And and what I realized was, you know, what I really, really wanted was I wanted my family back, and I wanted them all sitting around uh, the dining room table on Christmas, and I wanted my grandmother to make Taylor's Duff pudding again, and I wanted us to sing Christmas carols, and I wanted us to read the Christmas story on Christmas morning, and I wanted us to all go to church together on Christmas Eve, just like we always did. Couldn't have it. So there may be ways this December, as we're approaching Christmas, where you may feel frustrated, or you may feel sad, or you may feel regret, we may even feel angry. You know, the Christmas that you want isn't the Christmas that you're getting. So what do you do? What's the spiritual exercise? Well, you stop. And you take a deep breath. And you envision uh, walking into the stable in Bethlehem and bowing down and humbling ourselves. And when we raise our head up and we look ahead, we see the baby Jesus. Uh, we see the Christ child. We see the Christmas that God wants for us. Humble ourselves and he will exalt us. He will lift us up. Because, beloved, you know, really, in the end, this season, it really is all about Jesus. Amen and amen. Let us pray. A great God, wherever we find ourselves today, have us enter into the presence of your Son, our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Have us enter into the stable and draw near to the manger. And Lord, um, have your life and your joy and your presence be born in us this Christmas. Lord, we thank you 
and we praise you. We bow down and we pray. And we humble ourselves before you in awe of everything that you have done for us in a living Savior. Bless us now, we ask. In Jesus' name, amen.